0: hello hawks fans welcome to the sports ethos atlanta hawks podcast i am tim ogles and tonight we'll be breaking down the atlanta hawks loss to the toronto raptors 135 to 128 as always i'm joined by my co-host mikey kabrinski mikey it's getting rougher and rougher by the day um what was your overall feel uh, going into this one
1: yeah hawks fans are going through it right now tim that's that's pretty much as well as you can put it. One and seven in the last eight games. And tonight, entering the game without Jalen Johnson, without DeAndre Hunter now for the second consecutive game, going up against a Toronto Raptors team that has a lot of size, it's not a good matchup. And we've said this a couple times now on a number of shows. The Hawks are, are really small down low and at the guard position, in multiple positions, really. And when you've got guys like Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi at the two, Jakob Purtle, another big body in the paint for the Raptors Atlanta's gonna have a lot of trouble defending those guys and keeping them from getting easy buckets on the post or even in in cases like tonight with a weird successful three-point shooting night from Toronto they're just gonna shoot over the Hawks guys contesting and that was unfortunately what happened uh, the Hawks while the, 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 the while the offense was great led by a masterful performance from Trey Young it just wasn't enough as the Raptors put up 135 points and generally they're not a good scoring team
0: yeah Normally this Raptors team struggles offensively and their defense is kind of their anchor of how they get wins. And the Hawks played, I want to say two good quarters in this game where they really, you know, really pushed the Raptors uh, defense with offense and the issue with, you know, guys like Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes they had no problem getting to the rim. Um, And, Whenever you have that, you create open shots um, on the perimeter. The Raptors are dead last in the league in NBA three-point accuracy. Tonight, it didn't look like it.
1: Yeah, no, did not look like that tonight. And you mentioned the Raptors were getting to the post a, a lot early, and they were just bullying their way into the paint. One thing that I tweeted out earlier in the game, was the Hawks needed to make sure that they covered the Raptors really early out on the perimeter, so they wouldn't be able to dribble in space and get essentially like a free post up. And Atlanta wasn't really able to make that adjustment throughout the game. Uh, Barnes, Siakam, I'm um, I mean, didn't really post up that much, but especially Siakam was bullying his way through to the paint, and not, not even just on post ups, but just on driving straight through our guys. Really embracing the contact that uh, Siakam has always done first Hawks in his career seems like especially in Scotiabank Arena every time the Hawks go up there and and face the Raptors Siakam is able to uh have a good game against them
0: yeah and you know we'll go into the first quarter the The game kind of started out really slow for the Hawks offensively. Uh, the Raptors jumped out to an early seventeen to eleven lead. Um, Trey Young, when Bogey gets on the floor, I, I don't know what it is about them two, but it's like a fire is lit between those two and the connection they have. Um, definitely offensively. Um, As soon as Bogey hits the floor, he hits a three. And then the the next possession right after that, he goes up, gets a foul, gets the bucket. He he does end up missing the M1 shot. Um, But that's all in one minute. And the offense after that point, Toronto knew that they were going to have to have a body stuck to Bogey the whole game and that just created more and more open shots in the first.
1: Yeah, just Bogey's presence alone on the floor, the the respect that he garners from opposing defenses uh, on that lethal three-point shot provides so much value for Trey and, honestly, the entire offense uh, on the spacing alone. It was actually the opposite way of attack for the Raptors early as they scored their first 12 points in the paint. And it was funny because I I, I fully expected this from the Raptors, just to bully, bulldoze their way into the paint throughout the entire game uh, because they're, they're not generally a good three-point shooting team. But you s- the way that they were doing it early was just off, was just being patient. It wasn't off a lot of transition scoring like the Hawks have had problems in the past up in Toronto.
0: Yeah, for the Hawks, like... The Hawks' defense have kind of prided themselves on taking charges and, you know, deflections, steals. And with those guys trying to bully their way down inside, we saw early in this game, definitely in the first, where guys were taking charges. And it it was frustrating, Toronto, but also, like – that kind of faded faded away as the game went along. Um, I, I would have liked, you know, the guys to keep doing that, um, but it didn't happen. Yeah,
1: early one adjustment, major adjustment actually from head coach Quinn Snyder early in this game was going to capella and double O lineups early, and and it was uh, to the to the end of the first quarter. A lot of times he's been going with that lineup. To begin the second. And tonight, more than any other night, it seemed like the Hawks were really able to execute on offense with that lineup on the floor. And the big part of that was Onyeka shooting the ball with a lot of confidence, as I'm sure we'll we'll go over more as the game goes on.
0: Yeah, and you know, another guy that I thought had really great minutes was Garrison Matthews. Definitely in the in the first quarter and in the second quarter, he was hitting threes, he was taking charges. He was really affecting the game, and we can't, uh, you know, Garrison started the last game for us, and I, I don't think that he had that type of effect for the Hawks in the in the game before where he was hitting shots and taking charges, causing turnovers. Those kind of things for the Hawks are necessary whenever you're filling in for a guy like DeAndre Hunter.
1: Yeah, uh, Garrison Matthews, a, a lot like Sadiq Bey in the fact that their effort is never going to be questioned out there on the court. They're always going to put their body uh, out there for the team. They're going to take. They're going to take charges. They're going to try and get those deflections and get out and get easy easy buckets. So that's always nice when Garrison Matthews, historically in his career, has been a great charge taker. Um, impacts the floor in just um, the small amount of playing time that he got tonight. As we yeah, heard,
0: yeah go ahead. I
1: was going to say. As we go a little bit deeper into this first quarter, you mentioned the Hawks had mentioned the Hawks had a great start as the quarter ended. A fourteen to two run put the Hawks up thirty nine to thirty one heading into the second. And a big catalyst of that was Trey's assist. And yes, he scored well in this point in this in this game. Ended up with thirty plus. But the way that he was passing, the way that he had the defense on edge, guessing whether he would pass, whether it would be a, a an off look lob to Capella or on Yeka, uh, a weak side pass to a corner three for Bogey, he had the defense guessing all night, and it was just unfortunate that you know his performance didn't end up in a win for the,
0: for Atlanta. How about that buzzer beater to end off the the first? That it was, it was nice. Um, the the Queen got a little tip out and hit a little buzzer beater. The quick yeah. flick there. Uh, I think he caught the ball with point. Yeah, I think he caught the ball with point two seconds left, and and still got it up. And it, 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 the Hawks closed that quarter the way you wanted the Hawks to close that quarter. And going into the second, it, it wasn't really the same. I, I felt like um, Toronto kind of started giving the Hawks some of the business, uh, definitely down low and. It hurt.
1: Yeah. Coming out of that fir- coming out of that first quarter, the Hawks shot six of ten from deep and had 12 turnovers. i uh, sorry, 12 assists to no turnovers. And like you like you mentioned, coming into the second quarter, it felt like the it felt like the Raptors just turned on a switch. They almost immediately went on a 7-0 run after Trey Young hit two d- really deep threes from that left from that left wing past the hash mark past the hatch mark after he made those. Uh, it felt like it was going to be one of those uh, Trey Young masterclass games. Uh, but credit to the Raptors. After those two momentum shots from Trey, uh, they fought right back.
0: Yeah, and for me, like guys like Dennis Shooter, Dennis has always played the Hawks really well ever since he's left. Um, Dennis has always – I think that that's a little chip on Dennis's shoulder um, that he 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 just tries to find ways to you know play the Hawks really well. Um, it's it's interesting though. Oh oh, going into Anyeka Kowu, whenever they went to that two big man lineup, him shooting the three ball with confidence, he shot it over Pascal Siakam. I think this is the most contested um, three-point three shots that I've really seen him take. Normally they're wide open because nobody wants to guard him out there. Um, to see him shoot contested shots over Siakam twice and make both of them, that is a confidence booster for him. And that's what me and you have been talking about, how to make that two-big-man lineup work, because then it provides that adequate space that Trey and and the rest of the team need.
1: Yeah, well... While defensively, most of the lineups that the Hawks have on the floor tonight didn't get it done, that lineup has been the most successful uh, with with both the centers on the court, along with Trey, Bogey, and uh, put who you want there, uh, Hunter, or if it's Hunter or Sadiq Bey. That lineup has been the Hawks' best defensive lineup since Jalen Johnson went down with that wrist injury. And when that lineup is getting it done on the offensive side of the ball, it's really just a bonus. So hopefully um, Atlanta can take that. As kind of a as kind of a, a a thing to look forward to in in a couple of these games and have it tra- have it uh, transpire
0: into wins in the future. Yeah, Mikey, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a, a strange little stat, and we we've talked about Jalen and his impact on Hawks games and what he means to the team. The Hawks are negative 46 since Jalen Johnson's injury in the second quarter of the Washington game. They are now one in seven in those games. That just shows you how much you miss him defensively and offensively.
1: Yeah, just the versatility on both ends of the floor, the pushing in transition, grabbing defensive rebounds, grabbing defensive rebounds, um, being able to cover up some of the uh, the bad point of attack defense for the Hawks. They, they miss him tremendously on both sides of the ball. And one in seven in the last seven games, it's no, it's no excuse for, for losing that many games, especially to some of the teams uh, that they should have beat. But um, it 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 also just shows how good Jalen was to start this year. And it's unfortunate that that his great campaign had to be had to be shorn a little bit by this injury.
0: Yeah. And, and going into the second a little more, um, the, at the 50 to 43 mark, Bogey gets a flagrant foul called him. Um, He's got Dennis on his back. He he goes to turn to pretend like he's throwing the ball over Dennis's head. And of course, as soon as he turns, his uh, elbow catches Dennis right in the mouth. And it looked like to me, um, it looks kind of accidental contact. Um, It it looks like, you know, Bogey was making a basketball play. And it, it looked like a Dennis flop, too, like because the way Bogey turned, it never looked like he made real full contact with Dennis. It was just one of those weird plays that I felt like kind of changed the momentum a little bit in the second. Yeah, the,
1: I can definitely see why the refs called that a flagrant foul, Up con- contact to the face with, with the elbow. And in, in today's NBA, so I wasn't shocked that, that it was called a flagrant. It might have been a little bit of an acting job, like you said, uh, by Schroeder there. But uh in the end, I, I wasn't I wasn't upset about the call. I, I kind of saw it coming. And that's that's a good veteran play by Dennis Schroeder. I'm not gonna lie. Like yeah. there he knows he knew that move was coming and he and he made sure to get that foul call on Bogey. So it definitely uh, so it definitely, the the wasn't, game, it definitely it was wasn't
0: a dreamalger. No, it, it was not. It was
1: not to that level. No. Not to that level for sure. Thankfully, thankfully.
0: Yeah. So, ending off the the second, Trey Young. Trey Young was had a masterful first half. He had twenty points, ten assists in the first half. You can't ask for much more from Trey Young because he's played well defensively as well. Yeah,
1: the I think the the most the most masterful. Two possessions, honestly, straight of Trey's night tonight was when it was winding down in the second quarter. Clint Capella comes up to set a screen for him, and Trey looks off the defense twice in two consecutive possessions to find Clint Capella for the easiest dunk in the world on two straight possessions. Those passes to Capella, it—they're not—they're not simple because when Trey was blitzed or or the Raptors hard head hard heads the screen, he kept his dribble alive enough. To make Pirtle have to think about, okay, is the weak side corner three going to be open or is Capella going to be open? Once that once that thought of the weak side three gets in the defender's head, Trey knows instantly, okay, I'm going to throw this to Capella for an easy knock. And those types of passes are why Hawks fans and just NBA fans in general keep watching Trey Young's highlights and just are in awe of his, his playmaking. It's his best attribute and it's what honestly carried this team's offense in the first
0: half. Yeah, for for Trey, like I felt the Hawks could have ran that one five pick and roll all game long. I don't think Pernal had an answer for Trey yeah. and Clint together didn't, tonight. Didn't at all. And I felt like the Hawks got away from that a little bit too much. I, I know Quinn Snyder's system doesn't really involve the one five pick and roll up top too too much anymore. Everything's coming off the side a little bit. So Like, I wish that the Hawks would have kind of stayed with that on the third and fourth because it felt like easy offense for Trey and Clint. But, you know, they didn't. And that's okay because I think Quinn is stuck to his ways where he wants them to run his system and and learn how to perfect it.
1: Yeah, overall, the Hawks ended up taking a 66 to 64 lead into halftime. Uh, On the Raptor side of it, a little bit of an outlier here. Uh, from their best player, Pascal Siakam. He had 24 in the first half, but he made four threes in the first half, and he's shooting twenty one percent from three this year. I, I saw when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, of course, of course, Siakam is going to shoot well against the Atlanta Hawks this year." Of course.
0: Well, and and to that, to kind of add to that, Siakam has always played the Hawks really, really well. Yeah. Like he he's never really had off off games whenever he plays the Hawks. Um, can I say future Atlanta Hawk? Possibly, possibly future Atlanta Hawk. You never know, you never know. There's a lot. There's a lot of trade rumors out there so one
1: thing one thing that would have definitely helped the hawks tonight uh on pascal siakam is jalen johnson we we haven't seen that uh, before as hawks fans but jalen seems like the perfect guy to guard siakam in these cases
0: yeah and we'll, we'll go into the third the third quarter was rough for the atlanta hawks um the hawks uh let the raptors go on a 13 to 4 run to start the third quarter um I, I don't know, like the third quarter has just been one of those quarters where the Hawks normally kind of keep things going. Uh, it's not normal for them to allow that big of a run, kind of started it out. But you could definitely tell when Quinn called that timeout that he was highly frustrated with what the Hawks were doing.
1: Yeah, and uh, the, the, biggest, the biggest part, or maybe the most frustrating part was, it wasn't the fact that the Raptors were just bullying the Hawks inside like everybody expected. They were doing this, and most of the damage in the third quarter from the three-point line. They started eight for eight in the third quarter on threes. Perfect. Eight of eight from the field. And uh that and when that happens as well as the Hawks disadvantage on the inside, it, it's gonna be tough to slow down an offense. And the Raptors, you can look at the you can look at the numbers here. 39 points in that third quarter. And and the eye test, when, when you first started watching that third quarter, you, you could kind of tell that was going to happen uh, when the Raptors were shooting it like they were.
0: Yeah, and we started off this pod by saying the Raptors entered the game dead last in the NBA in three-point accuracy. I, I thought one of the keys for the Hawks to win this game was for them to box off the inside and make Toronto shoot threes because they're not as great of a three-point shooting team. And they come out, of course, in the third quarter and shoot a for eight to start it out. That's one of those things where it feels like it's a Hawks thing. Where you know, and me and you have talked about this countless times. Where the it, it feels like every every team's get right game is against the Hawks as of lately, and yeah. that can't be the case. The the Hawks have to start opposing their own will on teams. And if you don't, these kind of things will happen.
1: Yeah, Siakam, the main culprit, ended the game five of six from beyond the arc, and the Raptors as a whole shot eighteen of thirty-four for fifty for almost fifty-three uh, percent from deep in, for the whole game. So that was just like a, a complete outlier. And and while the Hawks, it de- while the Hawks definitely could have played uh, better, de- better defense on the perimeter, it, being so conscious about the Raptors bullying inside definitely is going to have them take a little bit more open threes, which is I'm sure what, what the game plan sort of was to an extent from Quinn Snyder.
0: Yeah, and, and the third, it got to a 11-point deficit, and the Hawks cut it down to um, Toronto 103, Hawks 95. I felt like the the fourth quarter was back to that – you score, I score, you score, I score kind of thing, again, where the Hawks couldn't get any stops defensively. And I felt like the Hawks, in some of their possessions, when they did get stops, they couldn't create any offense. Um, I think that, you know, in the fourth, something that really, really hurt the Hawks is Trey. Um, and I know that's hard to say with how great Trey played. Um, he Trey, Trey still played great in the fourth, but he didn't play great shooting the ball because – he he was really looking to pass a lot in the fourth and he didn't score his first basket until there was 3 minutes left in the fourth quarter um that's that's not a stat that um, really favors the Hawks at all.
1: And yeah, you mentioned that he was looking to get his other teammates involved throughout throughout the first few minutes of that first quarter. Oh, uh, sorry, fourth quarter. The Hawks, two, three, and four starters combined uh, were combined nine of, of 31 from the field and three of 16 from three up until that beginning of the fourth quarter. And the, the, that's just not going to cut it. When three, three of the five people, all, three of the five starters on the floor aren't shooting it well, Trey... Trey needed to kind of be more aggressive, honestly, with, with his shot uh, to to begin that fourth. And I know that's weird to say a lot of times because when when Trey played so well, but sometimes there's just the case where uh, you just Hawks shooters are just not making shots. And unfortunately, you know Wesley Matthews tonight couldn't uh, couldn't could knock down could knock down a ton of his shots. One of six from three, and same with Sadiq Bay, who was just five of fourteen from the field. So uh, that was just just a rough case for uh, for those two guys uh, for a couple rough shooting nights.
0: Yeah, and at the six-minute mark of the the fourth, Bogey hit back-to-back threes to close the gap within two. I think that Bogey has been the catalyst for the Hawks shooting. Whenever he gets going, I feel like the Hawks get going. And I know that... This is more of a Trey Young-driven team. But Bogey's shooting just provides so much, I guess, confidence, you would say, into a lot of these other players to to take their shots.
1: Yeah, his offense has been so key for Atlanta over the past, I want to say, two and a half weeks. And honestly, if you look at throughout that stretch, he's been the Hawks' pretty much second most consistent scorer on most of these nights. And especially from that three-point line, you know, going back to that 40-point game he, uh, he just had against the Nuggets, there, right now, Bogey's playing some of the best ball of his career, and he's shooting it with a ton of confidence. Another one of those classic Bogey no um, no pull-down pull threes where Trey passed it to him. He had the ball by his head. He didn't even bring it down. Just shot him with his fingertips right at his head. And when Bogey's knocking that down, you know he's in rhythm.
0: Yeah, that no dip three was beautiful. It, it was mm. just right off the fingertips, right into nothing but net. Um, there there was a, a, a sequence in this game in the fourth, and I want to say it's around like the three-minute mark, where Pascal Siakam has a heavily contested layup that he goes up and gets. Um, Trey Young comes back down the floor, has a floater. Yaka blocks it, and they go back down the floor, and OG Ananobi has a monster dunk over Clint Capella. And then we go back down the floor. It looks like Trey gets the ball into his left hand. It was going to go for a lob. Um, instead it looks like portal blocks it again then toronto comes back down the floor scotty barnes reverse layup and one i felt like that kind of sealed the game off for the hawks
1: yeah that that scotty barnes and one kind of a circus shot uh when he was he his body was on the right side of the room he ended up finishing on the left side of the room with his left hand uh and that that kind of that kind of sealed the deal like you said for the hawks Trey, trade, like you said, getting his first point with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Offense couldn't really uh, establish that full rhythm and keep up uh, with, with Toronto scoring, which is kind of a weird sentence to say when you think about these two teams in a vacuum and just on paper. Uh, but that's kind of the way it was. Uh, and Toronto ended up scoring 135 points.
0: Yeah, and to kind of close out the fourth right here, I felt like it, it was the foul game. The Hawks tried to foul Yaka Purtle, you know, kind of like they did the old hack shack back in the day and, and get Pirtle to the line. At that time, he was one for four from the, um, from the free throw line, and he hit both of them. And then after that, it was just a foul game, and the the Hawks never really could get in within striking distance. Yeah.
1: As we move on here to the box score, uh, we'll start with Garrison Matthews. 18 minutes tonight, perfect from the field, two of two from three uh, for, for six points, two rebounds, and a steal. Also took a couple charges in this game, and like we said at the beginning of the show, I felt like Garrison played uh, impactful minutes tonight. Uh, those eight, those eighteen minutes def- definitely had hustle, a couple momentum threes, especially in that first half. So um, good minutes from Garrison tonight, uh, much 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 different and much more impactful than than his recent start against the Nuggets last podcast.
0: Yeah, I thought Garrison was really good in the first half. The second half, not as much, not as uh, impactful, but. The first half, he really brought it for the, for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyeka Okongwu, what a game he had. Um, 29 minutes, five from nine from the field, three for five from deep, and that is crucial for OO. Love if to he, see it. If he is shooting the ball like that, nothing but great things happen for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, he ended off with eight rebounds, one assist, one steal, two blocks, 13 points. He was a plus five. But uh, Onyeka great game. I thought he had a great game tonight.
1: Yeah, uh, and we're seeing it slowly come around for Onyeka. A slow start to the season uh, for sure, and, and I'm sure to his standards as well, not what a lot of Hawks fans were wanting to see coming into the season where a lot of people thought that he could almost surpass Clint for that starting lineup. Um, but tonight is definitely a step in the right direction, and he's and he's put together a couple of games now of, of strong defensive games uh, after a rough patch. To start the season uh for bogey now seven of 13 from the field four of seven from deep ended with 20 points five assists another three steals and three rebounds uh, bogey continues to get it done it, it's pretty much nightly at this stage he's got to be in the, in the conversation for Sixth man of the year so far um especially especially with tyler hero going out one of the um he and now he starts he, he actually starts for the Miami heat. So another guy that uh, typically was competing for, for the six man of the year role in, in past years, Bogey has to be the leading candidate in my mind for that Aver- uh averaging close to 20 points a night now for, for almost two weeks.
0: Yeah. I think in the six man of the year kind of conversation for Bogey, he's top two and I don't think he's number two. Agreed. Uh, moving to Wesley Matthews, um, 13 minutes, Uh, One from six from the field, one from four from deep, Um, two free throws, uh, two rebounds, one assist, two steals. I I finally got to see the three-point celebration. Unfortunately, I would have liked to see it three more times. Um, He he was a minus 11 on the floor. Um, I, I felt like defensively he was okay. But I felt like whenever he was on the floor, the Hawks struggled offensively like to find rhythm to get him in it. But I thought it was okay. I don't
1: necessarily think they struggled to get in rhythm with him, but I just think that he, he just didn't knock down his shots. I mean, Wesley Matthews over his career has been known as a good three and D player. And unfortunately tonight, just one of those bad shooting nights, one of six from the floor for Wes. Um, as we move on to Sadiq Bey here, five of 14 from the field. So rough shooting night like and 0 of five from three. That kills you. Uh, 12 points, 10 rebounds though, two steals and, and two Assist. Uh, obviously, I, I said it here. S- Sadiq couldn't fu- couldn't get the ball in the basket tonight, um, and unfortunately, when Bay's not shooting the ball well, his defensive deficiencies kind of kind of take over what he brings on, on offense. And unfortunately, it was one of those one of those nights for Sadiq tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I love seeing Sadiq have ten rebounds, though. Yeah, I, I, I know a lot about that because. Um, him helping Clancapella Capella and OO with rebounds is always a positive for him. Um, it's always been his on-ball defense and off-ball defense, allowing backups and stuff like that, that's really kind of hindered him defensively. So if he's not hitting that three ball at a good clip, then it, it makes him a liability sometimes to be on the floor. And, and moving into Clancapella, Capella, Clint Capella played 34 minutes, seven from 12 from field. Um, three for four from the free throw line, which is good for him. 10 rebounds, one assist, three blocks, 17 points. I I thought that Clint had a fair game. There was one possession in the third quarter where Clint Capella managed to miss four layups. He got all four rebounds, but man, that was excruciating to watch because there's also three guys outside during this during this melee of of you know layups and and he yet to look once outside for the kickout to reset it. Yeah,
1: after that after that second one didn't fall, uh, Clint probably should have looked to pass it out. There, but yeah, overall overall I thought Capella had a good game. Both centers actually tonight. I thought um when 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 the guards when the guards Schroeder, Gary Trent, even even Scotty Barnes at, at some points, when they attacked the paint off the drive and not off not and not in the post, I thought both centers did a good job of, of walling off and making it tough for the guys to to score uh when when you know the point of attack defense Uh, has them coming at them almost every single possession. Now, as we move on here to DeJounte Murray, he ended with 20 points, added two blocks, five assists, three rebounds, Eight of seventeen from the floor and four of nine from deep. Nine threes from Dejounte. You do you definitely do like to see uh, that volume from a guy who's not really known to take a lot of threes, even though he's shooting it well this year. But uh, not that great of a game from Dejounte tonight. Uh, a lot of those points were scored, uh, especially two threes were de- two threes he made uh, towards the end of the game when it was pretty much over. And when Dejounte w- was brought here to be the Hawks' second best scorer. And second option, the guy to kind of bridge the gap between Trey and leading that second unit offensively. He hasn't been able to do that. And the, the offense definitely takes a step back uh when he when he he's on the floor without Trey. He's gotta be able to find find a way to counteract teams that have long, lengthy, rangy defenders like the Raptors, like the 76ers, you know, OG, Barnes, Siaka, um, he, you know, Garrett Trent Jr. is not a bad defender either. So these guys, all these guys, can can kind of take away that's the snaking route that Deshante likes to do and pull up for that mid range. He's got to find a counter to it.
0: Yeah, I felt like DJ was uh, pretty bad. Um, I think DJ, DJ has to. It felt like tonight. DJ felt like it was one of those things where he would have he would he would look for bailouts where. Normally, he's looking for the pass first and then his shot next, and it felt like he was looking for a shot, then hip, then having to bail out with a pass. Um, Something that I'd like to see DJ do kind of in the future is whenever he gets the ball on the outside on the perimeter and, and a guy's not within two feet, fire it. Like, he has a lot of hesitation into his movement where you know we we've got on to guys like deandre hunter for the same thing like you have to have zero hesitation if you have the space to shoot it take the shot and uh, he's not doing it as much as as i would like to see him do and kind of moving on to trey young trey young was masterful tonight Uh, he almost played 40 minutes um 13 from 13 for 27 from the field four from nine from deep he had four rebounds which is really good from trey but 17 assist a block and only five turnovers for trey that's a splendid night it, it stinks in this one because i felt like the hawks wasted another Trey master class yeah th-
1: 35 points as well by the way <laughs>
0: 30, yeah. <laughs> so uh,
1: Trey, Trey was uh, Trey was magnificent tonight. The the, the defense defensively against Dennis Schroeder, uh, I I thought he he, he was dec- He was okay. Uh, it wasn't one of his one of his. Better nights, better nights defensively that we've seen that we've seen lately. But uh, but but he competed, and when, when you're doing when you're doing that on the offensive end, like you said, thirty uh, when he's putting up thirty five and, and seventeen assists, uh, you 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 take what he you take what he gives you on that defensive end. But unfortunately, like you said, Hawks were not able to come away with the win uh, on that performance.
0: Yeah, and for for me, kind of closing this one out. Um I feel like Trey when he has that 35 and 17 the Hawks have to find a way to win that game like it's not a um, the, these games don't come by, uh, you know, every night. And when you have that kind of performance from Trey, Bogey had a good night. Like, when you have those, uh, and Yako Konglu had another good night. Like, when you have those performances by those guys, you have to find a way to win that game. And it feels like every game we're talking about this, Jalen Johnson, Was he? if, if he's in this lineup, I feel like the Hawks win this game. But also, you can't use that as an excuse for every game. Yeah, the, and
1: DeAndre the Hunter definitely would have helped tonight uh, with the size as well. But ultimately, what, what I look to, you know, when you're two, three, 2 through 4 guys shoot as poorly as they did today, uh, like we mentioned at the like at the top of the fourth quarter, there's just it's it's not it's not ideal because the Hawks could have easily I felt like put up 140 points tonight. A lot of those open shots from those two through four starters just just didn't find the back of the net, and and unfortunately leads to the seventh loss in the Hawks last eight games. But
0: without. Yep. And before we, you know, Mikey, before you you go to uh, close this one out, uh, we we will not be doing a preview. The, the Atlanta Hawks play the Toronto Raptors again on Friday. Um, this is a mini series that we're playing in Toronto. Um, Friday night we'll be having a space to kind of recap and we'll we'll kind of toggle back and forth between both uh, matches you know and and look forward to the Detroit Pistons which the Hawks play on a back to back on Saturday and Mikey. All right and we'll take us home that that'll do it for this episode
1: of the sports ethos atlanta hawks podcast make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like spotify apple podcasts and more you can follow me on x at pin 300 and follow tim at tim hawks 23 be on the lookout to receive the latest hawks coverage from us thanks for listening and we'll see you guys in the next one peace peace you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks